Welcome to the Veteran Founder Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. Starting a company allows you to be back in control. The weekly show that brings together military spouse and veteran founders who are doing remarkable things in the business world. I can't imagine there's anything out there stronger than the bond that military and veteran entrepreneurs have. We'll hear their story, the story of their business, and lessons learned. Joy can override the worries and depression. Here are your hosts, Carmen Nazario and Josh Carter. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Veteran Founder Hour. I don't, again, I, we still haven't figured this out. Man, it's driving me nuts. We need to figure out a, a name for this. But uh, welcome everybody. Uh, I am your host, Josh Carter. Our co-host, uh, Carmen Nazario, is out again this week. Hopefully we'll see her next week. Uh, but we have a great and exciting episode this week. I get to talk to a, a great friend of the family, the Patriot Bootcamp fr- family, Jen Pilcher. Uh, she was the founder and CEO of Military One Click before she sold that. And we'll talk a lot about that. I'm so excited about about this conversation. But uh, but first, I guess we should pay some bills, huh? Uh, let, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about uh, pork bun domains. You know, it's it's funny. Everybody has heard of these uh, different domains: the .dot coms, .dot ios, .dot orgs, whatever you you have it. But uh, but the issue is that they don't really tell a whole lot about what your website is. And so these guys have been unlocked this this ability to to give you an, a URL, like a dot .design URL that helps you really understand what, what people are going to go see because your website is sort of the portal to what people understand about your story, about what your business is. So uh, Porkbun Domains, go check them out. The uh, website is porkbun.com forward slash startup radio. Make sure to go check them out. All right, well, we've done that. We've had our first sponsorship message, so let's get right into it. Uh, Jen Pilcher is such a, uh, like I said, a really good friend, and I don't know if I've mentioned, but uh, very excited to have her on the show this week. Jen, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm excited, too. I was waiting. You guys are West Coast time. I'm East Coast time, so I had to wait all day for this. <laughs> I, and, I, and I appreciate your patience. We've been waiting oh, no. a long time to talk to you. So uh, this is great to have you on, and, and uh, thank you so much. Uh, I want to get into a few things um, to talk a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. A lot of people that listen to the show uh, are either veteran founders themselves or military spouse founders like yourself who are trying to figure out their own entrepreneurial journey. And so this this time that we're going to spend together is really to sort of chronicalize what you've gone through, some mistakes you've made, some learning lessons, and, and so that hopefully the people that get out of this hour really understand some of the pitfalls that they can avoid, That some of the things that I'm sure you and I have made already. Sounds yeah. good? Sounds great. Perfect. So let's start at the beginning. Jen, the entrepreneur. So, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your background. Like what, what, uh, what was it that when you got out of school, you were trying to do in your career? Yes. Yeah, so it uh, even goes kind of before I, I got out of school. I'm a born and raised Jersey girl, and I love tennis. And I started a company in my hometown called Racket Time Tennis back when I was in high school. And I didn't even really know the word entrepreneur existed. I just knew that I could make $10 an hour doing something I love, uh, go for a few hours in the morning, teach tennis, head to the beach during the day, and go back and teach in the evening. So I think <laughs> nice. that uh, hooked me early on uh, to the entrepreneurial world, but not really knowing that was 
an actual passion or an actual uh, career you could follow. So I did go to college up there in uh, Jersey. I went to Stockton State, and then I uh, got my master's degree at uh, the College of New Jersey, which was formerly Trenton State, as a speech-language pathologist. Uh, I love the field of communication, and I think like a lot of people listening to your show just felt like, you know, you need to go to college, you need to get your degree, and you need to start a career. So uh, that was the path I was on. That's for awesome. A while. So, yeah. so a nice yeah. party school doing a, a very <laughs> celebratory party yeah. thing in, yes. in New Jersey of all amazing places. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you can take the, the girl out of Jersey, but not the Jersey out of the girl. So, um, yes. But along the way uh, in college, I met uh, a guy who was uh, going to the Naval Academy, introduced uh, by a high school friend of mine. And, um, that was the end of that. So yeah. I thought I'd live the rest of my life in New Jersey, and I haven't lived there since. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. yes, we got, uh, yep, dated a little bit long distance. He was uh, here in Maryland and, and New Jersey. And uh, he said to me that he was getting out after his five year commitment, and we thought we'd settle down somewhere. And he's currently at year 22, still oh active duty. So yeah. <laughs> so with this with this journey that you've gone through as a military spouse, talk a little bit about what that's like. Because I think you know, we have a really big veteran community that listens to this show, but they're on the other side of of that world. Whereas they go deploy or they they've done other things that have been out in the field, but uh, maybe they don't understand the the experience that you've had as a as a military spouse slash entrepreneur. Yeah. So I think. The military lifestyle prepared me extremely well for entrepreneurism and our community, which you have met so many of them through Patriot Boot Camp, and we're just so appreciative of you guys embracing the military spouse community because incredible entrepreneurs. I'm in awe of so many of my friends and fellow entrepreneurs, and I think the transient lifestyle um forces you in a sense to to start over and and get used to that startup um, mode every time you PCS and you've got to go out there and make friends and you got to go out there and find a new job and then like many of us um, that struggle is what ends up being the motivation the catalyst to start your own business um, that certainly was the the case for me with military one click I had worked as a speech pathologist in uh, different states, down in Florida where we were stationed and then in Maryland. And then we went out to Texas. And by the time I was coming back from Texas, you know, every state spouses move to, we have to get relicensed. So whether you're a nurse or a teacher or PT, uh, any career that requires certification, you have to get recertified for every state you move to. And of course, the military has gotten better about helping us with this, but it's still expensive and it takes time. And sometimes by the time you get recertified, you're moving again. So um, I also, around that time, I guess this was about 11 years into Ed's career, just noticed how difficult it was to find resources and information uh, that was relevant for the military community, and it was frustrating to not find that. 
So I kept telling my husband, somebody should put together all these resources in one spot on a website. And he's like, why don't you do it? And (laughs) I think he didn't know what he was really uh, (laughs) suggesting when he said that. Yeah, because putting together a website with all these different resources, that's no problem, right? Exactly. (laughs) And like so many people listening right now, um, I think optimism is number one on the list for entrepreneurs because if you don't have it, uh, you're not going to survive. So uh, I was extremely optimistic. Uh, I started it in 2011 and bought the domain and ready to go. And I thought within a few weeks, the website would be built. And a few weeks later, a company like USAA would just call me and want to spend all this money on (laughs) sponsorship and advertising. And a few weeks later, hundreds of thousands of people would show up to Military One Click and we'd be off and running. And you had all these um, great assumptions. Right, right. (laughs) And when none of that happened. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Plan B. Plan B Uh, and C, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. So it was... uh, it was a my first learning lesson that things do take a lot longer than you think, but um, it, it was uh, off and running in 2011. That's awesome. So t- talk a little bit about, you have this, this is a problem that you had experienced, and so you wanted to find a way to resolve this. This, this dispersed amount of information for military and, and military families was sort of all around everywhere, and you decided that this was going to be the one-stop shop, the military one-click for you to go for all of this information. Who, who was the website or who was this thing for? Like, what, what was your target audience? Yeah, so uh, interesting step right before that. I was working for a company out of New York, um, and I was their uh, manager of a community, a military spouse community. And people just kept asking, where can I find education information? Where can I find moving information? Where can I find job information? And we, as a community manager, kept repeating this information over and over and over again. And I went to the CEO and I was like, you know, there's a way we can solve this is just have this information permanently posted, but it wasn't a great fit for that company solution. Uh, but I knew we were on to something. And I also knew that national brands really want to connect with our community and consumer, um, military and veteran and military families is an incredible group of consumers that companies like, uh, you know, Looking to USAA, MetLife, all wanted to connect directly with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I specifically wanted to work and go after the consumer side of things. Um, the Department of Defense has Military One Source, which does an incredible job with resources for the government and what they provide for military families. But there was a missing area of, well, General Motors provides you know, a military discount to buy uh, cars and there's, you know, life insurance through other companies. So there was this big gap of um, information resources for all military families and veterans and military spouses that just was not being met. There wasn't a place to go to to find that information at all in, in one easy to find spot. Nice. So you have this amazing site. How do you, how did you find the people to come to your site? You have this, it wasn't a, if you build it, they will come sort of scenario, right? Like you have a very niche sort of feel that you're going after. You have a niche community that you're going after. 
And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are like, that's that's me. I have this amazing yeah. product and or service, and, but yeah. it's really for a niche audience. Like, how did you find these folks? Yes, and Josh, I mean, great question. And that was probably always um, the hardest struggle. And I think it's still for every entrepreneur out there, regardless of what um, product or service they have is, you have to figure a way to to connect because they aren't just going to show up like I naively thought they would. Um, and and it's so funny. Side note: My son had a lemonade stand this summer, and we live in a neighborhood that's not you know it's a little bit off the beaten path. And as simple as that was to me, I was like, dude, you didn't put a sign out at the main <laughs> street, like you know, marketing one hundred and one. Yeah. <laughs> um, they don't know you're here. You might have the best lemonade on the block, but they don't know you're here. That's and right. And it was so clear to me that. We had the same thing with Military One Click. So uh, I will tell you, so we got to go back now to 2011. I had a huge advantage with Facebook back then. Everything was still organic and viral. And so I really built the company on the back of Facebook. Um, And that still, I'd say for entrepreneurs today, it's still one of the best marketing strategies you can use. However, it's changed, as we all know, dramatically with paid and um, promoted and sponsored posts, but I still think it's a fantastic strategy to use because of the audience segmentation you can do, which is what we ended up doing. We really built great audiences on the back end of Facebook to target, just like you said. Um, If we had events going on in California, we could go right in and and geo-target. You can't find that kind of reach anywhere else. So that's how the main focus we we did, but also I think it's a great move for the listeners today. Unfortunately, it's a little bit more expensive, but mm-hmm. I think it's still um, money well spent. So the other thing I did, and I didn't even realize how much I did it and it worked, was um, connecting with community events that serve this population. So if there was an event, I was at it. Um, and I would set up my table and I remember using my red Christmas tablecloth cause I couldn't afford a skirted table. Um, and then I printed out, you know, sign up for our newsletter and people feel a little more pressure when you're staying there, ask them to give you your email than they ever will <laughs> online. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, but it works. Um, oh, no. I, I, I think anything that you can do to get that word out uh, yeah. and grow your company, even if it's just in these incremental little steps that you take, uh, that's yeah. what I think a lot of folks don't understand is that there are things that you can do that may seem like you're, they're just small little wins, but they end up, you know, it's just a step to keep going to that greater good. It's a multiplier. Yeah. Uh, and I agree with you. You know, it was event after event after event, but just build our trust with the community. It built our email list and then it built incredible partnerships. And Mm -hmm. I think in the long run, that's really what was a huge advantage to us was being known in the community and um, having those partnerships share us. So, you know, it, it's boots on the ground. And when I was thinking of this interview, you know, you want to give everybody that, um, golden switch, but there almost isn't one. It's, it's grinding and it's out there and it's setting up your Christmas tablecloth time and time again. And, you know, it's also costs like that, that can put a lot of startups under. I remember, and I still laugh today, 
color copies like oh. shocked me. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 15 do, cents versus five cents. Oh my, right. <laughs> um, so I remember I would divide it up into like, you know, eight sections of almost like bookmarks about, you know, military one click and resources. And then I remember being at an outside event. It was a USO event. And that's what I mean. So for our listeners, the veteran and military spouse community, there's so many incredible events that they want you there. They yeah. want your services there. They want your products there. And you got to get off your tail and get there um, and set up your table and spend eight hours meeting people, talking to them and spreading the word about your product and your service. Mm-hmm. Well, the wind blew and hundreds <laughs> of my color copy flyers were flying all over and oh, I'm running no. all over because it literally felt like money flying out the window. Um, so, <laughs> but when you're, you know, in startup mode, every, every uh, minute and every penny counts. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I love so. that you brought that up because I, you know, we were, I was an early employee at Twilio and we did the very same thing. We'd go to do these hackathons and maybe there's 20 people in the room, but they're getting the product or service in their hands to see how easy it was. And, and after doing that for four years, they had 65,000 developers on their platform. Now they've been wow. doing it for 10 years. They have 2 million developers on their platform. But in those early stages when we were just 50 people, Everybody, I was. I remember I'd I'd go to Seattle to help a developer evangelist do a hackathon for, and we did it a, around the Super Bowl. So we did a sports yes. hackathon, right? We did something that was themed around it, but we kept doing yes. it where we were part of the developer community to the point where people just knew that as a communications platform, Twilio was the only thing you should use. So to exactly. your point, once you are part of the community and people trust your opinion, then that's what they will go and vouch for you to their network. And that's what you want. You want these sort of mobilized um, advocates and to go out and really spread the news about your brand. Right, right. And I think it's so great that sharing the message that there is no quick way. Mm-hmm. And if there is, then I need to tune into that podcast show because <laughs> I don't know it. Um, you know, it, it's amazing. And uh, fast forward, and we'll get to that, but I now work as a senior strategist at Crosby Marketing in Annapolis, Maryland, and I'm so excited. They're a family-owned company for 40 years. That's great. Um, you know, and having that inspiration and seeing that, um, you know, it's – do it for the long haul and uh, put the time in early on because it does, it pays off and it, and it grows, but you know how it is in the beginning, you feel like you're the slowest or you're not as big. And you and I have had great discussions of, um, you know, capital investment versus bootstrapping. And I bootstrapped, um, you know, and I think there's pros and cons to both, Mm -hmm. but I do think bootstrapping takes longer, um, but at the end of the day, you own it 100%. Yeah. And so it's it's an important conversation to have. And, you know, I'm, I'm on your side saying we need to educate and talk about it even more. Um, yeah. It's not it's not sexy and glamorous, but I think it's a conversation that needs to keep happening. What's what's true? Um, what's what's fascinating to me is so many people think owning a business or being a CEO is all about the glamour and the fun, and it's all fun. <laughs> and you know, I would see people I hadn't seen in a long time, and they would go, "Hey, how's it going, Josh?" But, you know, living the dream, and uh, <laughs> you know, but inside, it's not. It's not any of that. You stay awake because you're worried yes. about making payroll or you know whatever yes. fire you need to put out that day. Um, yes. So I'm really what I'm really interested in, and we'll get to that later, but I want to hear what you, what was the decision to go from 
you know, when you sold military one click to to going out and going to get a job instead of creating a new thing. We'll get to that because I'm definitely interested. <laughs> but, however, comma, I want to yes. hear, uh, okay, so we're, we're into the military one click. Things are chugging along. You're growing. What was the, what was the, your ability, what did you do to grow the business from just this little small thing beyond the events? What, what was the critical mass that you saw? Yeah, I think... One thing that's important, and fortunately I did this early on, was start to build the team. Um, and I truly give all the credit to the team. Um, and I think that's something the earlier people can start to do that, the better. Uh, and I have this really complicated formula that basically whatever you despise to do the most is who you hire first. Uh, for that job. So it was a perfect fit where I am not the technologist side of the house. Um, and I found a military spouse, Kate Fawson, who builds websites in her sleep um, <laughs> and can do all that amazing work. So I um, hired her. And uh, that's really how things started to take off was that I was doing all the other jobs and she was coding and developing the content and really developing the resource pages. So I think for scaling, um, you know, at first you've got to have that solid foundation of a team in place and you can't do everything yourself. And I know a lot of our listeners are in that place where they're the only one and they're saying, well, I can't afford to, to hire right. anyone, but you know, chicken or egg, but I think you need to invest one way or another. If, Offering them equity is an option. Or um, for Kate, what worked out great was her husband deployed and she wanted to travel the entire summer on the road and I couldn't afford her normal rate. And I said, well, look, you can work from anywhere. I don't care if you have an internet connection and you're in the Grand Canyon, go for it. Um, so we worked out a price that worked for both of us and she got to travel and code and see the country and build military one click. So awesome. I think there's ways to start to scale one step at a time. Um, and then when we started to really grow, uh, so I added a uh, social media person, Barb Harpooter, who's still there. Uh, she still works for military one click. She's incredible. Uh, Danny Devine was our key account manager. She now runs all of Mill Spouse Fest. So it's been really cool too, to see team members for the past seven years grow in their roles at the company, which was always a dream and, and what I had hoped for. And I knew they could do it. So that's pretty cool to see that happen. Nice. Um, and then things started to just get really busy that um, I needed somebody who was basically one step ahead of me, uh, 100 emails coming in a day, <laughs> contracts, you know, yeah. how it gets. Yeah. Uh, so hired a military spouse, Emily Anderson, who was in Japan. So she was literally uh, one day ahead of me. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so we had our first international uh, remote worker, and uh, she was basically our office administrator, everything. Um, C CFO, uh, Suzanne Tobin, another military spouse. Um, you know, So there's such incredible talent and uh, people in our community that want to be part of something bigger than themselves and still help our community. And I just advocate so much about hiring veterans and military spouses and then, you know, work with them. Be honest, you're a startup. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to make this work. And you know what? If you come on now, 
I can pay you this. You can work from wherever, whenever, if that works for you, and then grow. And, you know, that is exactly what happened. Um, the team members started young and, and grew and are now really uh, keeping that company running. So it's pretty cool to see that happen. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I love that story of, of finding the right people and plugging them in the right place. It's, it is really difficult because, especially at the early stages of a startup, you really don't have a whole lot to offer, but you have to make that decision. The other thing that I find interesting about these early stages and the people that you bring in is they genuinely, for the most part, love and believe in the thing that you're building even more so than the people that you bring in later in that are just employees that you would just hire. So when you can find those people that have that passion, it's easy to just get things done, but it's, it's, it's it's almost a bit of luck. Um, and it is a lot of just showing that you can, you are the right person to lead this organization and that there, that these, these people that you're bringing in are empowered to just grow it just like you are. Yeah. I always said we were um, a highly autonomous team players. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds crazy, but you know, when you're, you're running a startup, your, your team has to be autonomous to get their jobs done without you. You can't micromanage. Right. There's no time. There's no time. And at the same time, be team players and get on the Google Hangouts and discuss, you know, issues that are going on. And I really believe we built it, too, because we were all boots on the ground. We were all living this life. We knew it inside and out, and we were able to act fast, and we were able to to execute quickly. And, um, you know, like you said, the passion was there, and, and that's what even on my hard days would keep me going is they, they you know, would keep me on my toes. And we had some fun, you were saying, about mistakes and the rest of it. I mean, there's, I always, I laugh at them now. I'm like, man, you guys can write the book on me. <laughs> I, and <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to read it, but, um, it's, you know, they see it from day one and yeah. it is amazing. Uh, what we've all, we've all gone through together. So talk about that piece of it, right? We will, we all talk about this journey that, that is great. And, and you can look back on these, on this journey that you've gone through and, and sort of laugh and, and anecdotally feel good about what you've done. But, Talk about some of the challenges and what you did to get over them. Yeah, so um, I think, honestly, the first thing was just being shocked that you feel like you have this amazing product or service and no one's showing up. (laughs) I mean, it is a shock to your system. Um, And (laughs) I hope that that brings some peace of mind to our listeners out there that, you know, it it truly takes time. And then you have two options. You can either run or you can dig in. And fortunately I dig in. Uh, so that's, I think that was the first hard lesson to learn was, wow, this is, this is going to take a lot of work to get people here and see how great we are. Um, I think the next part of it was, um, I had a, a pretty big challenge early on, uh, where I got a letter in the mail, you know, just, walking up the driveway, open up the mail and see a letter from a small company that you may have heard of called Amazon, (laughs) where um, they were not so happy. I had the trademark uh, listed for military one-click when they had one-click shopping. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, you laugh now, Josh. Yeah, I know. It's because I know know the punchline to this story, so. Uh, Oh, that's right. You do. (laughs) Um, So, it was a shock and I had a choice, yeah. uh, give it up or, you know, give up the trademark or, uh, dig my heels in. Sure. And at that point it, 
it takes a reasonable man theory. I, at, at that point, like I said, I built military one click on Facebook. And at that point in time, you could not switch your name on Facebook at all. Right. And I was so concerned that we had so much um, sweat equity time and now a community, this is a mm-hmm. year into it, built up that I can't just all of a sudden say, hey, come find me over here. Um, so long story short, um, and some conversations with uh, Amazon's attorneys um, that we agreed that I would switch things over from the number one click to open click, reroute all the URLs. And they allowed me, which is incredible, uh, to have kept the Facebook name um, because they knew I couldn't switch it and they didn't want me to lose the community. They knew how important it was to to not just abandon a veteran and military family community. And then the punchline, as you know, is about four months later, uh, Amazon became my client. (laughs) Yeah, which I love that that story because uh, you you have Amazon, who's this monolithic machine pretty much at this point, uh, coming in for this little mom-and-pop shop, this place that's clearly doing good for the it, one i'm sure from their optics they wanted they didn't want to like crush some military spouse building something for the greater good right oh other, i made that clear to him oh yeah of course <laughs> like I, I would too from day one like <laughs> come on i'm this little person don't exactly. crush my dreams that's when you, exactly it's when you pull out the deployment card <laughs> that's <laughs> see but it, but it's a great ta- the other part of it is just like just becoming a greater partner and, and i will say this about amazon and they didn't pay me to say this. I, I just love them from an organization <laughs> standpoint. What I love is that they do make such a big deal about the military community now. They do. They do. It's great. They and do. so uh, so I love that that story ended in a happy ending. Yeah, I have to say it was and it, it, it just I'm a big believer. I'm a believer in God, but I'm also a big believer in fate. I honestly, they were on my hit list to work with. I mean, mm-hmm. I was dreaming. So this is the funny, crazy part. You know, people say entrepreneurs are all a little bit crazy, and we are. When I got the letter, I'm not even kidding. My second, first thought was, oh, shit. Second thought was, oh, maybe I could work with them because I finally have an in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a contact. I know now. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's the hardest part is to get in the door. That's true. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of how it happened. Um, and I do, I think the attorney's job is to flag anything that yeah. comes across or the trademark with one click. And then when we just started to chat about what we do and how we do it, and we want to employ veterans, and it was like, okay, let's... But like you said, anecdotally, it's a great story. Yeah. It was a tremendous amount of risk. Um, it came down to hours of maybe being demolished. Oh, and, um, you know, it was... But they were phenomenal. I got a call out of the blue three months later who said... We don't need to know anything about what happened. We're just told to call you and to start talking. That's and awesome. I then had to earn their business. It's sure. not like that was part of the um, agreement. And it was a non-financial agreement. It was really, truly an understanding of, you know what, let's just switch things around. So um, it works for both. And then I had to earn their business. And they were a phenomenal client for years. And we helped truly build their uh, veteran mill spouse hiring program. Kathleen Carroll is a great friend. Um, so it it does have a happy ending, but it was, uh, <laughs> and everyone's gonna everyone's gonna have a moment like that uh, where you have to decide which way are you gonna go, yeah. um, and you know it's it's 
it's different for everybody. It worked uh, for us, but there's been other situations. You know, a lot of people say to me like, oh, how come you didn't ever go on Shark Tank? And I, I did. I got a call to apply and I got rejected. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's not all roses. It's not always the yes and it's not always the happy ending. Um, there's things you go after and you, you try for them and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. So. Yeah. No, it's a great story. So uh, for those just tuning in, we are talking to Jen Pilcher, uh, former CEO and founder of Military One Click. Uh, I'm going to pay a bill real quick. Is that okay? Oh, you know I understand that. Yeah, let's it. let's do it real quick. Uh, so <laughs> okay. we're going to talk about CPA Dudes. CPA Dudes, uh, so you can go to cpadudes.com. Uh, they are just this no-nonsense CPA firm. They, uh, they're not boring. They, their prices are all, they're never based on time. So the customers decide the value. And so they don't charge you for sending invoices or phone calls or emails or texts or anything like that, because, which is a, such a fresh a breath of fresh air because, uh, you know, I've, I've got other firms that I deal with and I always get this bill for like 0.3 hours. It's so stupid. But anyway, they just get the job done. So you can find them at cpadudes.com forward slash startup radio for more information. We're very excited that they are a part of this show and the startup radio network overall. So um, Jen Pilcher, former CEO and founder of Military One Click, we've been having a great conversation, lessons learned, how you grew. Uh, let's talk about you you get acquired. What was that? What was <laughs> the conversation like when you first found out there was somebody out there interested in buying Military One Click? Yeah, so um, we were growing like crazy, and it was it's a great problem to have and the one that we all strive for, but I think it's important to put into context life, and, you know, I think that's the one great thing. We have conversations like this at Patriot Boot Camp all the time, which I think is so important, that you have to look at the whole picture uh, when you're growing a business and then when you're looking at uh possibly selling the business of what stage of life are you in? And that went into a lot of my decisions. So I just kind of want to set it up that way that my kids were still, gosh, at this point, um, elementary school and middle school, my husband still active duty. And at that point still deploying to Afghanistan. Um, so life is, you know, still crazy. And as you guys know, the military comes first, no matter what. And I think, in our community and the entrepreneurs in our community and the military spouses realize that that is the way it is. And there's no point in complaining and there's no point in, you know, I, it's just the way it is. Um, so I was starting to drown a little bit. Um, and we knew we needed to, uh, scale. We were fortunately getting contacted by a lot of large brands that wanted even bigger campaigns than we were just capable of doing. So, I always had it in my plan that I wanted to eventually grow the business as far as I could grow it, hopefully have somebody come in that wanted to um, buy it to continue the mission, and then, if possible, hire me to help that and keep it growing. Um, I kind of knew I was at a stage of life where I could not open up a large firm on my own in, you know, D.C. I didn't even know if we'd be here that long. Um, so that mentality was always part of the business plan for Military One Click. 
So when I was, I was actually approached by two different companies almost at the same time and two totally different companies. Uh, one was a company that had been going around acquiring some other companies in our space. So I kind of knew and had a little bit of heads up with that. And that situation was more um, future stock heavy. Um, but I wasn't so sure of the plan for Military One Click. I couldn't get a clear uh, version of what they were going to do with it. What would they do with the team? What would they do with me? Um, it, it was. It seemed more of a true acquire, possibly dismantle, and see you later. Um, so that concerned me. Um, and then the other option was uh, it was a current client, and I had mentioned to them that this other company was looking at acquiring me and they're like whoa wait before you go there uh we might want to make a play uh, nice. so yeah so that's pretty much what happened our pcs category uh moving extremely popular category um and it was a moving company uh that wanted to really increase its awareness on um in the community and uh so that's really how it happened how the conversation started to happen and unlike the movies the conversation started in december and it didn't even wrap up and finalize till april oh, wow. um now i don't know if you know this story because i don't think you were on board yet but i was able to actually make the announcement and i signed the paperwork i remember it so clearly i was up in new york city because <laughs> i was speaking at pbc goldman sachs oh okay uh, the next day with uh, Rob and Greg Coleman. Yep. And the three of us were on a panel together, and Taylor knew. And I was like, hey, I'm like, well, you know, you don't, how do you say something like that? And yeah. he's like, just say it. And I'm yeah. like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. So, you know, and if that's not the crowd to be around, oh, then, absolutely. you know, they, they get it. So, um, so I was up there with Greg and Rob and uh, something came up where the question was kind of leading. And I was like, well, actually I just got acquired. And last night I signed the paperwork and the whole entire room like stood up cheering. And, uh, so it was really cool because except for that moment, none of it was like that. I, it's so stressful. Yeah. Um, you have to continue as you know, running your company. You can't tell anyone this is going on. Um, <laughs> you're under such strict NDAs and then it's, four pages of due diligence of things that you need to turn over, which is every single thing that's ever happened with the company. Yep. That time period was extremely stressful. Sure. Um, and uh, the team was incredible. They kind of knew what was going on and they just had faith because I would not sell it unless the team went with it. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Nice. Uh, they acquired the company, they acquired the whole team, and they hired me for two years to run it. I love it. So, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Very. Yeah. I, the, I heard of parts of this story before, but, uh, but yeah. It, and for those that don't know, because maybe we have some listeners that aren't familiar with Patriot Bootcamp, uh, Jen often comes to be a mentor or a speaker, and, and it's been great. Uh, I, I've always enjoyed having you there. So, uh, the sale went through. That's awesome. Now here's the question that I wanted to ask. Why go back and work? Why not start something else? <laughs> You're such a great, um, you have a great mind for, for all these businesses. Uh, so it was really interesting to figure out you know, what, what's this thing that takes an entrepreneur. And I'm sure people ask yeah. me of that as well. You know, now I'm yeah. right. So yes. what, what is it yeah, that so. people like you and I that go out and get a job instead of go create the next thing? 
Well, I'll share my answer, and then I'd love to hear yours. Sure. Um, but I was extremely fortunate that um, a, a former client, uh, Crosby Marketing, through one of their clients, DAV, Disabled American Veterans, uh, we did work together while at Military One Click, and I just fell in love with the company, their mission. Uh, they are driven to make impactful changes in veteran and military families' lives. Uh, and they're here in Annapolis. And it's integrated marketing, it's social media, it's digital campaigns, it's it's a dream. Um, and they have an entire editorial department, they have an entire social media department, they have an entire creative department. So it's like walking into Disneyland for me of, you know, the sky is truly the limit now on what we can all do together to really impact um, military and veterans' lives, and that's why I did it. Um, if they weren't working in this community and had the um, capabilities and the, the passion to do it, I, I wouldn't do it, but I'm literally living now um, the dream job. It doesn't even feel like a job, so... I'm very, very lucky, and, and we have fun, and, you know, they're great because they can ask me kind of questions about how we did it then, and mm -hmm. now, uh, I mean, Circle in Life, uh, they're, one of their clients is Department of Defense Military One Source. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course it is. Um, yep. Uh, <laughs> one with O-N-E, so right? Yes, exactly, exactly, <laughs> and they didn't get in trouble from Amazon. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, so, um, so it's fun because, uh, and also... You know, I'm going through personally a transition in life. Ed is two or three years away from retirement, and uh, we found out we're staying here. Nice. So we, yeah, so we bought our forever home here and uh, making this our community. And he's going to be a veteran. And Crosby works so heavily with veterans that it's neat for me to kind of transition not out of the military spouse space, but focus more on veterans. And I'll tell you, it's, it is, as you know, it's almost two different worlds between mm -hmm. active duty and veterans. And I, we all know how much um, help the veterans need. And, and so there's, there's a big job ahead of us, and yeah. we're excited. And there's some big news coming soon. I can't reveal it yet. Uh, I hate teasers. I know, I know. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's super exciting. So I get to still be extremely entrepreneurial uh, within a company of 85 people. Um, Ralph Crosby started 45 years ago and he comes into the office every day. It's family run and uh, the team is incredible and so I, I got lucky. That's awesome. Um, and my yeah. answer would be the so, same by the way. I was going to ask you all that so I was like okay so what's yours? <laughs> yeah I mean yeah when I when I when my 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 startup didn't have a good ending, unfortunately. But uh, what I what I am very passionate about is the veteran space. And when I first went to Patriot Boot Camp in 2014 in Madison, Wisconsin, I was hooked instantly. I that was just mm -hmm. it was like finding your family, and yes. uh, and I was just instantly hooked. So I I knew I had to find a way to get involved in some way or be helpful in some way. And so as I navigated through the community, whether it was coming back as a mentor and speaker or whatever it was, I just knew that. I, I could provide more help. And so when my startup was winding down and Charlotte Creech, who was our former CEO, uh, knew about this, one of the few people that knew that my startup was going to close down, um, she approached me about joining. And Josh Anderson, who was my predecessor at the time, had already cycled out. And so I just, 
it was just a natural fit to move in and yeah. replace one Josh with another. And so, uh, so <laughs> I, I came in as sort of the chief operating officer with this intent of shaking things up because yeah. as you know, Patriot bootcamp has this problem where we have one program for everybody right. to come to. And so now yeah. we're starting to decouple that and find ways yeah. where we could be much more helpful with our programming. And so being able to lead the charge of that change is supremely exciting. As you said, it doesn't even feel like a job. It feels like I'm out there actively finding better ways to be helpful yeah. and valuable within our community. So now, you know, we've got this hackathon that we're doing in DC for early stage ideas. That's always been a problem with Patriot Bootcamp where we've come in and we've seen a lot of people come through with ideas that aren't, yeah. aren't even, that don't even have any traction or legs or really merit, right. right? They're great people, great entrepreneurs, but we don't have a real good place to put them. And so a lot of our programming doesn't apply to them. Right. So the, the hackathon helps to do that. And then that core three-day program will remain, but it'll be for people that have formed an entity that have maybe one or two customers or at least have some sort of MVP, MVP built. And then that just leaves yep. where do we put the growth people, right? So I'm really excited. And, and I am too. That we're, yeah. we're probably going to have an accelerator next year, a full-blown uh, accelerator where we can actually amazing. put money into these entrepreneurs because people like yourself where you've had an exit yep. or acquisition, we, we don't really have a mechanism to invest in, in amazing entrepreneurs like yourself. So, um, uh, so now we do. Now yeah, we'll have this mechanism to be able to do that. So it's really exciting Thanks. where we're headed with Patriot Bootcamp. And it's because of people like you that come out oh. every time we have one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so I'm really excited. It, then, fills, my, it yeah. fills my tank back up. Yeah. No, you know, absolutely. I think that's what the amazing part is. And, you know, it's really crazy. We, like I said, we, we just bought the forever home and I was going through things and I, I'm going to bring it to Hackathon when we talk there. I found my original application to PBC. <laughs> nice. And as you know, yeah. which is so important is you guys ask a lot of questions, which I'm telling all the listeners out there, take the time and do it because yeah. it's also cool to see where we, where you come from. And the fact that Patriot Bootcamp embraces people from the idea stage to, I think it was at that point I was making, you know, a thousand dollars a year <laughs> and I was so embarrassed. But then when I got there, I realized I didn't have to be embarrassed. No. Everybody there is in those shoes and growing, yeah. but you've really kind of grown this um, group that is ready for that next stage and accelerate. So that's going to be exciting too, is, is there's a couple of us that are just getting old and you got to find a place for us. So <laughs> all the yeah. young whippersnappers are, yeah. are taking over. So absolutely. Um, but I love it. And, and yeah. the other thing that I'd love is that there's this give first mentality, right? That just, which because of our proximity to, to tech stars, we have this sort of give first mentality, but to be, to be quite honest, that's just the way the military veteran and military yes. spouse works. So it was yes. really easy progression. And the thing I love about sort of your background too, is that you're a founding board member of this, my VA department of veteran affairs thing that you've done, which is amazing in its own right. And I would love to hear more about that, but you're also on the board of the Columbia lighthouse for the blind so you you just have this innate sense of service to others which i love and then i think i have this quote on my on my twitter it's a pinned tweet um that is if the ambition for success doesn't include ways that you can help your community rethink your strategy and that mm. you you completely embody that you really show yeah. that this is something to give first so tell me a little bit about my va uh the thing that you've built with uh with the department of veteran affairs Yes. Yeah, so um, throughout the community, uh, entire VA community, they have set up different 
task groups to be able to look at issues that are affecting veterans in very specific geographic regions. So the one that I'm part of is specifically for DC and it's a board of people from all different backgrounds that, like you said, have the common mission of improving the lives of our veterans. So it's, usually held at the actual uh, VA facility in D.C. and the head, and I want to say chief of the VA hospital is there. I mean, he oh, is wow. so engaged. Um, yeah, so, and then you have some private companies there and, um, you know, some certain financial institutions and other um, companies. So it's, it's kind of like a mini version of the entire community and how can we all come together to at least start tackling the, the issues in DC, and then uh, the people connect with the other my VA communities around the country, and then they can make recommendations all the way up um, to the secretary to say, "Okay, this is what's going on." You know, just closer to boots on the ground, mm-hmm. um, ear to the ground, of because unfortunately, at the very high levels, um, people don't know. And I think it's important to report back the good. And what's not working because honestly the the VA hospital in DC has done a phenomenal job with change um, it's a, it's an impressive facility and uh, they have worked hard to, to really improve things for our veterans in this area so now how can we replicate what they did well uh, across the country mm-hmm. uh, I have a good friend who's a military spouse out in uh, California right now and she's not near any facilities and she's like it's a total disaster out there so um and we help we work a lot with the veterans choice program which again a lot of people don't even know it exists which kills me because you have free access to care now in private um facilities if you're too far from uh, va facilities so it's things like that of just um, being able to, to be closer to the issues. And I didn't even realize a lot of these issues ex- existed because we were still in the active duty world. So, um, yeah. so I feel like I'll, I'll be better prepared. And as you know, and your listeners out there, that nine times out of ten, a military spouse is really guiding the process for their their member. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't even know if Ed would know what number to call. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and, and that's okay. And that's just the way it goes. And that's one of the reasons, you know, huge shout out to Taylor McLemore, who from day one embraced military spouses at yeah. Patriot Boot Camp. And, um, you know, even with this show, I, I double checked with you guys, like, you know, I, I never ever would think of trying to be a veteran or acting like one or taking on that, um, I, I did not serve, um, but the fact that Patriot Boot Camp embraces military spouses mm. for what they do and veterans for what they do, I'm it's it's incredible. Um, well, and so, I think part of it is that you do serve in a way, right? You guys are deployed in the fact that you have to go to these different bases throughout the globe. You uproot your family. That you're the CEO of the family, while your husbands or wives or whomever are out there for deployed. So um, I, I think I completely agree with Taylor on on this. That it's one of those things where they're just as important and critical to the success of our armed forces as our military men and women are. So um, no, it's a no brainer to include military spouses yeah. in the conversation well. because they make just as good entrepreneurs. And you're one to <laughs> absolutely a great example of this. As as veterans are. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you. I mean, like I said, I just love meeting up with the fellow military. I mean, look at what happened at the last Patriot Boot Camp. Military spouses 
crushed it in the pitch competition. <laughs> yeah. We had three, I have to brag uh, a yeah. little. three, yeah. three military at the Denver one. Yeah. yeah. We had three military take, spouses. Yeah. It was great. Take the top three. And you know, it was interesting. I was uh, a pitch contest judge, so there was no favoritism. I sure. was objective, but yeah. I think what really made it happen for them is that they were clear and concise and kind of like the the theme of this show get shit done yeah it wasn't that they invented an app to cure cancer it's what they did start they were able to articulate it so clearly it made sense you could see the revenue model and done and i think that's what a lot of people forget is that you've got to be able to share you know, how are you going to make money at this yeah. real money? Yeah. Um, for us at, uh, for military one click, the revenue model was from day one and stayed the same. It was, um, revenue generated from large corporations through advertising, but I switched it up. I was one of the first ones to not do the whole CPM thing. Honestly, I couldn't figure it out. So yeah. <laughs> I went with just, uh, it was called a boot camp package and yeah. it was flat rate advertising. Nice. And, um, we also did a lot of uh, content marketing and um, specialized content. And I think, you know, the simpler it can be with your pitch, the simpler it can be with how are you going to make money at this? I mean, some some people, like you said, come to PBC and they have, I mean, world-changing ideas, mm-hmm. which blow me away that they can even come up with them. But if you can't explain it, clearly and then how are you going to make money for it and how are people going to pay for it is really where challenge number two uh comes in first get them to even see your product and then are people willing to take money out of their pocket and pay for it and i think with all three of those uh founders it was very clear what they did how they were going to make money and that people were willing to pay for it. Absolutely. And, yeah. I yeah. just did a podcast recently uh, where it was, you know, who is your audience? And, and that's really key, right? For us, when we built our company, we were a digital marketing agency that needed a better way to build apps. So we were trying to find, you know, people that like us that were just pained with it. So it's really important. And I'm glad you brought that up to, to find, and, and it's funny, um, people were saying, well, how do you find them? Well, if, if you are the person in which the problem exists and you're working to solve it, then you are the target audience. You need to find more use. Yes. Period. Yes. Yeah. And that's exactly what, you know, I, I love influencer marketing and I loved actually just listening to your sponsorships because to me, that's the best marketing out there. I mean, I just learned more in your two minute sponsorships than I do have the time listening to commercials. So people I don't know, I don't really care about. It's not my interest, but when you're doing, you know, digital word of mouth, um, which is what's taking over, mm-hmm. um, it's it makes a big, big difference. So, you know, I heard an analogy. I'm not going to get it right. But, you know, if you're looking for a ski instructor, don't go to the beach. Like, you go to the mountain. <laughs> yeah. And yep. it's, it's so true. So, um, but we have such an awesome community, too, that I think I relied heavily on... Um, partnerships and uh the other thing we did too uh with the give first mentality and it was it was both a give back but also get the word out we started a charity challenge so literally when i could hardly rub together two nickels i knew how important it was to give back and so every month we selected three military uh nonprofits rose holland ran the whole project of um making sure they were vetted and approved and then we'd have the community come in and vote on them 
and whoever won um, would get a donation from us every month. Well, what ended up happening, like you said, is now, you know, partnered with hundreds of phenomenal nonprofits. And the coolest thing is now my new position at Crosby Marketing, I was just speaking with United Through Reading, who I've had a longstanding relationship with. So you can always give first, just always, always works. And um, it, it might take longer sometimes with that strategy, but it definitely works the best in the end. It's a culture thing too, right? Like you, if you mm-hmm. at the top are and, and make that a, a priority, then it just kind of trickles down. We had this thing, and culture is so important to me as well. And anytime I formed an entity, I made sure to we created these values and made sure that everybody was bought in. And I really got this from Jeff Lawson uh, when I first started at Twilio. He handed me a book, and it was uh, "Start with Why," the Simon Sinek book, and that's yeah. really key. Like if you don't know yep. your why, you have yep. no clue why you're in business in the first place. But we had these things that we called them the nine things, and things like be humble, start with why, all these different things. But one of the best one was draw the owl. And a lot of people didn't Mm. understand what that was. And it was from a meme that he found on the internet. And it was uh, this little picture that said, step one, it was how to draw an owl. And step one was draw two circles. And step two was draw the rest of the fucking owl. (laughs) (laughs) Just figure figure it out. And uh, and I think if you have that mindset and that culture of like these, these morals and these values that drive your business, then it's easy to do that at the onset versus going and getting to 60 or 80 or 90 people and then going, oh, by the way, hey, we're going to do these values now. I know we haven't been doing that forever, but we're going to do this now. It's hard to pivot that way. You have to have that mindset from the beginning. And I love that, that, uh, that, that, that mindset you have. Yeah. And our whole team did. Um, which is incredible. And like I said, I'm so fortunate that I'm surrounded by people now. They, they're inspiring, you know, actions that matter. And that's Crosby's, I mean, I'm just so excited about it. And, you know, it's fun to bring in some of that military uh, culture to, to their team or our team. Uh, they have military people on the team, but we were talking about military spouses. And like you said, how much we volunteer and give. And I said, yeah, we're the ones who you know, for a fundraiser, bake the brownies, bring the brownies, buy the brownies back and eat them. Because it's just this continual loop of volunteerism um, in, our, in our culture and community. And I think it's the same way with the military entrepreneur community. You know, I've, I've never been part of another one, but I can't imagine there's anything out there stronger than the bond that military and veteran entrepreneurs have i mean you would know better than me being out there in the valley and the rest of it but have you seen anything like our community no absolutely not and that's that's the thing that draws me so close to it is that and and i think part of it is that when you are part of a community in which there's some life-changing event whether that's going through like i i have the same bond with people that i've gone through techstars with because that event is very much similar to like a boot camp. They break you down to build you the way you you have to operate. So I've made mm-hmm. lifelong friends from that experience, just like I have going through the military or through what I've gone through at Patriot Boot Camp. These three days are inspiring. Um, they are exhausting. They are yes. frustrating. But you walk away with, as you said, this inspiration and just recharged to figure out, like, now that I'm on this side of the table, I still get that. And, uh, you know, our last one was in San Antonio. I was completely exhausted by the end. But I got home and I was like, when can I do this next weekend? Can we do five of these a year? And uh, just really anxious to do another one and can't wait till, 
you know, our next one's in September. We're partnering with the Denver Startup Week, well, where we're going to just like really b- break open the community. So I'm, I, I just yeah. like you said, it's just it's an exciting place to be. There's no community like it, and right. uh, and and there's just there's something about a military spouse slash veteran entrepreneur that's unlike anything out there. So it's great. Yeah, I love it. It is. Um, it is. We have I don't know three minutes left. I want oh, you to bummer. share. I know, right? It's gone so by <laughs> so fast. I want you to share. Your one thing that you've learned that you wish you would have known when you started your business. Mm. Um, gosh, I would say it sounds cliche, but gut feeling. Sure. Gut. Anytime I followed my gut, uh, it's turned out well. When I heard my gut and I didn't listen to it, I've had some pretty disastrous things happen. Sure. Um, and I, I shared a story at the last Patriot boot camp, and we don't have time this show, but I didn't, I didn't follow my gut and it, it was a very difficult situation. And so it's really helped me transform my life. Um, not just with entrepreneur, but decisions I'm making in my life and not reading so much into it sometimes like, you know what, if there's red flags, there's probably red flags for a reason. Um, and whether that's hiring people, firing people, business deals, which company would I choose to go with for acquiring? At the end of the day, um, you as the founder will know. Um, yeah. And sometimes, unfortunately, we just don't listen to it. But I'm telling you, there's an entrepreneurial superpower in your gut that just will will lead you um, the right way. It's just whether you listen to it and follow it. Yep. When I'm in, when I'm in DC in a couple of weeks, you and I need to have a beer to talk about that because we could share some stories. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm excited. So make sure everybody knows hackathon. This is exciting for me. You've, yeah. You've, you've dealt with my questions. It's my first hackathon. I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be so, so much fun. I I, I know, so. from the day one. I stepped in the office at no in November one, and I uh, I organized the hackathon November tenth. <laughs> so That's it was awesome. the first thing. Like I knew we needed to do this. So I'm so glad yeah. it's happening. And and in yeah, your backyard, no less. I know. I need to find a shirt. This is my first hackathon. Oh, we um, have shirts. That, if there's one do? thing we're oh, good at, we have okay. shirts. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> All right, Jen. That's it was awesome. amazing. Thank We've you. been talking to Jen Pilcher, former CEO and founder of Military One Click. Amazing conversation. Thank you so much, Jen, for being on the show. Thank you. All, All right. right. See you soon. Yeah. Thanks. So you've been listening okay. to the Startup Radio Network, the network that brings inspiration and education to startups and entrepreneurs around the globe. Tune in again next week. Our, uh, we're not sure who we have. Hopefully, Carmen will be back as well. But tune in every Friday starting at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Listen, learn, and get shit done. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.